Welcome to So Far So Rare. Take two, Quinny, with a false start. So, we're going for it again. You're over the moon, because I can't make the same crap joke I made last time. Yeah. <laughs> back, on the, back on the podcast, John. It's been a long time uh, since my last appearance, which was amazing. Uh, and around my birthday as well, which was a good crack. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, good to be here. Thanks for having me back on. Good to see you. No, I'm buzzing to have you back. It's actually surprised me how long it's been. This I say this every week, every time, every time I have a guest, I'm like, I feel like I spoke to you last week. I feel like I spoke to you a month ago. And I'm like, wait, it's been March? Yeah. What is going on there? That's like nine months. Stupid. Anyway, we're here, Quinny. Loads has happened. No podcast last week. Unfortunately, I was away and couldn't record it. Doing something really exciting. Can't tell you what. Like that typical annoying thing content creators say. I, 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 I legally cannot say what, but did something very fun Ooh. last week. Um, so all that content will come out in January, but yeah, we're nice. back this week, Quinny, for a wee ho 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 Christmas wrap it up podcast vibe. Um, loads to talk about because obviously I had a week off, and I love that. You know, sometimes every week it can be a bit stale because maybe every week there isn't things happening, but I feel like loads has happened recently. There's a ton. There's there is a ton. A ton. And, yeah, we we did it on take one. Probably do it quite quickly on take two. But since the last time you did your podcast. We've had reward boxes open as well, which is yes. So we'll launch straight into them because they were the first thing we were going to talk about. So ultimately, reward boxes have been thrown into the game in a reward box special. And um, there's premium boxes, standard boxes, and light boxes. And if I pull it up on so rare now, we could break those down very, very quickly. If you go into it into the prize pool, a limited premium box has a twenty percent chance of a card. You can get all the way up to a star. I'll not run through the in exact percentages. Standard boxes have a 12% chance of winning a card, 88% chance of winning level ups, and the light boxes have a 91% chance of level ups and just a 9% chance of a card. But ultimately, you can win a star card with any of these boxes, and that's exciting because it, it the, the loot box malarkey has been around for years on so rare. We've all wanted the, the kind of pack feature, but because it flies too close to the sun in terms of gambling regulations, it's never happened. But now it seems to be being implemented. How hard yeah. did it make you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's only limited at the moment, so not at all. But um, yeah, I, you know, I was really excited, and you were one of the first people that I thought about when it came out because this is the type of thing that you know we've kind of wrestled with when whenever the you know the prize pool discussion comes up, particularly with how stars are allocated. You know, there's always the camp, which has been the main kind of prevailing kind of ethos on story, which is if you finish first, you should get the, the best pick of whatever gets rewarded. Uh, from the pool and then subsequently down from there or the alternative where it's like if there's eight stars given out then at random eight are distributed to those people and even if you finished eighth maybe you could get something good that's never really happened but we've definitely there's been validation in wanting that because like not everyone can finish first very few people will ever actually hit first mm. but everyone wants to be in the shot of progressing their club winning those prizes as well and this seems to be a really good way on paper of like achieving that. So I'm really excited for it. Can't wait to see it in red, blue, or black. But <laughs> yeah, it'd be very exciting as if it goes up the scarcities. On top of that, I think where it gets exciting for me is these pesky coins we struggle to to use. Now we're going to get on to the raffle that was introduced, and we're going to talk about that in a while. But ultimately, like if these loot boxes are okay i mean so they're there so they must be okay regular regulation wise 
when we never thought Sorare would touch loot boxes, but this is obviously a way it's okay because they're being given out for free in a free competition, so you're not buying them, so they're not gambling. And then I, my question goes further where I go, the coins we win, like the so coins or so rare coins, whatever they're called, are free. They're given out for free. They're not a real currency. Can you buy boxes with those coins? And if you can use those coins to buy boxes, which give you 20% chance of winning rewards and chances of winning stars, that becomes quite fun. Even from a content perspective, I opened... 100 i opened 10 premium boxes and got dot 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 that's a fun video you know that's like pack yeah. openings that has went so viral on fifa but so rare pack openings like that's mm -hmm. we've seen this content before footstock days we've, we've seen this pack openings I are spent a million so rare coins yeah i spent a million yeah. so rare coins and one dot 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 the problem is then, they, well, maybe they never plan on, but like they can't like sell so rare coins then because if people are buying the coins to gamble, I don't know. Would they have to? They'd have to go into the realms like FIFA. FIFA started doing where you could like preview the pack to see what the best reward is, and then decide whether you want to spend the coins. I think that's real money, but again, in that scenario, yeah, which is why there's a bit of that because the main thing that FIFA has came across is. Like obviously, like underage people using like parents' mm. credit cards and stuff like that. But then you also get really just what's pleasantly known as probably buyer's remorse. You know, like I've spent a lot of money on FIFA, and sometimes I get pretty upset with the packs I've got. And mm. then I think, crap, I probably shouldn't. Uh, I've played FIFA in a couple of years, obviously, but I think, oh crap, I probably shouldn't have spent two hundred quid on packs. I've mm. got, uh, you know, whatever was going on at the time. You know, you've always got something better to spend money on. Obviously, yeah, <laughs> it's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it's those people that complain, you know, kind of thing. So I think as long as it's not real money, it maybe stays away from some of that. But it is murky, you're right. I'm not an expert on it, but that's... I'd say their their legal like. team's having a ball at the minute. The, um, yeah. So a line that I like as well here is that their goal is to expand the box experience to a wider variety of club shop items and reward experiences, such as jerseys or game tickets, special edition card designs and more. Like, I just like that idea. I'd love to see the special editions rewarded a bit more. Um, and I like the idea of like those boxes being a bit more of a, like, I could get anything, what am I going to get? The issue, again, becomes with the tickets. Tickets are just this long-running nightmare, really, on Sorare, I think, where you want to give tickets to the right people, but you also want to give tickets out of prizes. But how do you give the tickets out as prizes to the right people? And then you're not covering flights or accommodations, so a lot of people won't actually be able to make it to the games that you're giving them tickets to. But people want to win tickets. And there's people out there who'd bite your arm off for them. So it's almost like you'd need a market within so rare to sell those tickets that you receive. Like you've got the prize and you need to get it timely enough that you could list those tickets. I, I don't know. It's just, do you know what I'm getting at? It's like you can go the collection game. But even in the collection game, like, sure, Jesus Christ, I'm one of the top collectors of VRALs from a couple of years ago. And there's a million people who collect clubs just because they want to. How many people from the UK are some of the biggest J-League collectors just because, like, hoodwink? You know, yeah. but is Hoodwink, if he gets two tickets to a game in Asia, really going to cover his own flights and accommodation to fly it all away? I mean, he probably would, but you get the point. The ticket's not yeah, the yeah. bottleneck factor, it's the bottleneck, it's the whole trip. So tickets are one that stresses me, because I don't even know the solution. I've even had that problem as well, because, you know, sometimes sort of are generous enough to give me tickets that I can further on give away, you know? Yeah. And people, you know, the amount of competition winners I've got that go, oh, I'd love to, oh, I can't believe I won. I've already agreed to babysit my dog or you know like whatever it is yeah uh, so like even when i'm doing competitions you'd think maybe actually 
people are entering it thinking, oh, I will go to that if I win it. <laughs> yeah. Even when they do win it, they still are like, it's not a, it's not a sure thing. You know, uh, you need to pull out a lot of winners to get someone that will take a ticket. With the less, especially with the, the the less time of a heads up for it, so I do agree. It's, it is a, a difficult one for them. It's it's the logistics and it's the planning ahead of it all. Because I know mm. from whenever I, I you know the, the tickets I get are always like super last minute. You know, maybe you've got a week of a heads up, like absolute yeah, maximum, yeah. like the Man City thing I met Alex at. I think <laughs> we game. See, that was a Saturday. It was only like four days in advance or something you knew about it. And it yeah. was like, do you want to go? Yes or no? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, and I don't suppose that's really their cross to bear because they are not a ticket issuer. You know, they're waiting to get maybe approval on fixtures and headcounts and category a ticket. You know, you need to put requests in, you need to get emails back and stuff like that. So what I hope happens with like, the boxes, but is that they do like a VIP box or something. I said this on mm. my kind of reaction to it when I read over this in the first place, but maybe it's like, um, it's like a Borussia Dortmund special weekly and the top 10 get VIP Borussia Dortmund boxes all 10 of them have got a shirt in it all 10 of them get you two away tickets or two two tickets to a game and all of them will get you same maybe that same RNG chance that we just seen but only for Dortmund cards yeah or something and then it's, it's celebration like, cards and stuff or celebration cards yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. and it's like and then it's like Dortmund VIP box top 10 and then you know yeah. you get all that stuff in it Here's an idea for you, and it's kind of shoehorning us into the the raffle system now for these, um, the raffle system for the shirt giveaways. What if, and I mean maybe this is just absolute bollocks and a terrible idea, but what if every ticket so rare gets, and again it is that last minute issue, but I imagine they have deals with clubs and leagues that they kind of know what tickets they're going to get ahead of time. I mean, you know, yeah. you'd have you'd have to imagine that. It's not, I don't think Man City are messaging so rare on the Tuesday, being like, "Here, we've tickets this weekend if you want it." I imagine they've got the deal laid down that games sure. they get tickets to all season. What if they had like a ticket section in the club shop where you could buy tickets in a ra- you could buy raffle tickets for tickets? So, let's say Nottingham Forest are playing Wolves, and so rare know they've got ten home tickets to that. There might be a Nottingham Forest fan out there who's like. I want to win 10 of these. Like, I want all of these. So some way where you you put in, like, how many tickets you want and how many raffle tickets you want to buy. And, like, on those lower-demand games, like, local fans who actually play so rare, who have accumulated coins, might be able to get their tickets really, like, pretty solidly and easily. Now, whenever yeah. it gets to the Real Madrids and the and whatever else is, the Man Uniteds and the Liverpools, you know, maybe there's so much competition that you will, it genuinely will be a bit up in the air, but it'll be another... You know, surely I, I could see a world or a system where people ahead of time can go and be like, I want to go to that game in a month's time. I'm going to buy this. The raffle's two weeks before the game or whatever. And then, like, even from a logistics standpoint, surely so rare can have a system where the email's there so they know these tickets are won and they automate it all where those tickets are sent to that email or something. I don't know if that sounds a bit wishy-washy, but you get my point. It's like, could they be giving these tickets out through these coins? Maybe it's just a logistical nightmare and they're better doing it another way, but I just wonder, like, how do you get the tickets into the hands of people who genuinely want the tickets and can use the tickets? Giving tickets out's great, but I don't know. I just think there'll be people who have, like, a Milan stack who live on the other side of the world, but just have a Milan stack because they wanted one or had one or, like, a player they've supported them. Don't have the means to get to a game. will enter the Milan weekly because they've got some Milan stack 
and then will win the tickets and not be able to use them and where are they flogging them to or what are they substituting them for or where are those tickets going yeah I don't know the solution I just I wonder how you get kinda, more <clears throat> bums in seats it's part of the poison chalice of being football being a global game and so there being a global game that like if this was just a UK only thing and it was UK and Ireland customers only or whatever and you had tickets to you know, you just focus on the print, on the local stuff, and you'd be able to dish mm. it out all week, every week. But with so rare, like you know, like, let's just say for a, for the sake of a number, there's a hundred thousand users. You know, like how many of them are in the UK? How many of them are in America, Argentina? You know, the Middle East, Asia, Australia, South America, whatever. So it's so widespread, and you know, like the majority of the good stuff is in Europe. You know, mm. so like, um. It's yeah, like you say, the the inevitability of Surreal managers not being able to enjoy a reward like that is quite mm. high, you know. So it's difficult to, uh, you know, as you, as you keep talking about it, one of the things that I think is maybe possible, maybe they've explored, but like it's flipping into the collection game. Like, see the way that I got my Girona shirt delivered uh, the other day from the the Super Rare collection I've got. Mm. So with that, what they did is they said like we're doing a collection event, uh, blah blah blah, teams and clubs that are eligible. They could do the same thing. Ticket event, top 100 and limited for these clubs, top 10 and rare. And, like, because as we're talking, like, again, it will be in their agreement, so they will probably have an idea of how many they get for a season. So maybe at some point in the season, because you want, they will want to reward people that buy current season cards, maybe, like, once a month or something like that, or sporadically throughout the year, they could just do the collection ticket event and it's like, like I said, like the top 100 Unlimited can, like you said, maybe just spend some coins to get a ticket in if they want it. Not everyone will get mm. it automatically kind of thing. And then it's right, okay, you've got two tickets to Villarreal, and then you can just get back to them. Which that, All that is obviously a bit of a nightmare also, but then at least you know, and if no one gets back to you, or no one sends you, you know, no one tries to negotiate to organise the tickets, and you don't need to spend yeah. any time with them, of course. But anyone that is capable, they've then got their like, little redemption voucher almost with Soraya. Give that guy two Villarreal tickets at some point this year. He's mm. put a request in for four games. Find the one that works best. And then you can work that throughout the year. And you may get towards the end of the year and go, oh, wow, by the way, we had 100 Villarreal tickets this year. Only actually eight of them were renewed. And then at the end of the year, you could do something mad like, you know, I don't know how their deals work. Obviously, I'm kind of making a lot of this up, but they could do like 92 Villarreal tickets are getting given away in the special weekly. And then, yeah. I don't know. Sell out a whole stand. <laughs> Yeah, we could have a section. You, we could get a tifo. Mm. We could start singing some songs. You know, um, this the proper Soria Supporters Club on tour. You know, <laughs> kind of yeah, yeah, <laughs> or something. I don't know. It could be good crack. But anyway, like it opens some things up. You know, um, so yeah, just some spitballing. Um, I want to move on to something else that was in that blog or that yeah that medium post. Um, and it is about the thresholds for Super Rare and Unique. So. Mm. Super Rares now get their 20% bonus, but the threshold has been up by 50 points. And then the Unique, which is less relevant to the majority of us, their threshold's been up by 95 points, but they are adding in a 40% Unique bonus and 20% Super Rare bonus. Now, I don't know a hell of a lot about this, Quinny. I've been busy the last week, but I was talking to someone when I was at the Atletico Madrid Lazio game, and they were telling me about how someone crunched the maz, and apparently there's really not much in it. Is that the general yeah. sentiment, or is there drama I'm missing? 
Nah, if you crunch the numbers on kind of a lot of the combinations and kind of stuff, like it doesn't really work out much different. So if you're to add the super rare bonus on to 280 points, add on 20%, it would bring you up to 336. So mm. that technically should be the new threshold, but the new threshold is 330. So it's easier. So technically, there's like, a, yeah, there's a little 5%, 3%, whatever the numbers are. A little bit of leeway came in the favor for it. But like I said, on my kind of thing for it, like I can just see the day coming. You can too, John. Someone's going to finish on 325 points and they're going to look at their team and they're going to remove super rare bonuses and it's going to be 281 points somehow. Mm. <laughs> and they're going to be raging. Because you know, they've old, and... they probably have old super rares that aren't leveled up. No, no, but I didn't know. So, so what I mean, sorry, is like your team might have hit 280, but it might not hit 330. That's what people are worried about, basically. Yeah. Will I have a 280 score on the old world, hit, not hit 330 in the new world? But the only people that should affect what I'm saying is, is people who have old shitty super rares. Like an old super okay. rare that doesn't have a current season bonus and that isn't leveled up. You know, like, so one of those ones that's been passed around a bit too much. Sure. <laughs> like, a Pavel super rare, <laughs> yeah. if you will. Mm -hmm. um, now, I'm not saying that means that someone isn't getting fucked, but I mean, yeah. I, I think, like, that that's the payoff now for, like, you know, if your super rare has a low bonus and then you miss out by a couple of points, like, me and your super rares that we've had for two years will probably have pretty decent bonuses. It's actually, like, perfect for someone like me, whose super rares yeah. all get, like, 30% or whatever. Yeah, so that's the problem. I have a lot of Sorare changes when I'm doing videos for them. Is a lot of the moves that Sorare make genuinely are for the overall betterment of the game, in my opinion. But the problem is, is they tend to evolve strategies, and when they evolve strategies, that people don't account for it, they get upset, obviously, which mm. very rarely so. And that's the main thing I'm upset about with this because it doesn't really appear <coughs> to make much of a difference, right? But in the article, they say that this is to alleviate confusion. And the one thing I couldn't get my head around, if you read the article very thoroughly, is who's confused. They're talking about new people coming into the game and being mystified about the card scarcities or whatever. But what new people that you're transitioning from commons and whatever are getting confused with super rare threshold and unique threshold, you know? Yeah. So it's a mid-season change. We didn't expect. We were told we wouldn't get. You know, so that alone for me, I'm kind of... Up, not upset with it's probably harsh but like i don't like yeah regardless yeah. of maybe they have if it is a bit easier then it's an easy pill to swallow but they did say they weren't going to do this kind of thing for better or for worse yeah I, I, I get what you're saying there's there's there will be accounts out there and people who have got a little bit shafted here because of their super rares are probably not great like in terms of xp so maybe they'll find yeah. it harder whereas for someone like us i imagine who have super rares that have been around a while it's just got a little bit easier and our super rares are probably stronger than that 20%. So it's probably got it even easier. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, anyway, it is, I suppose it is about that mid-season change. Could it have waited? But I do get the idea of like, I don't know, I think it becomes quite subjective then if you're going, you know, there's the, the common user transitioning to limited who'll transition to rare and saying, oh, well, like, you know, they learn the game before they get to super rare and unique. But ultimately, I think like having everything just uniform across the board because otherwise you could say oh well the common and limited person won't care about rare what i'm saying is like i think the game as like a whole holistically has to like make sense throughout it needs to be consistent from the ground to the top it's like and i think like making mm -hmm. changes like this is a good thing to make it all just make sense but i do get your point that like 
what new user is confused cares about this because to be honest with you i care relatively little and i should probably care more but yeah i do i do like that when they make the game make sense and the same across all scarcities one thing that kind of irks me which maybe shouldn't is the whole like limited and rares having the same base bonus so that's the one thing i think maybe this opens the door for because when you read the article again they're very clear in stating Common, limited, and rare have no like uh, scarcity bonus. I think they're te- they term it as explicitly. So, yeah, I don't think they could do. They could never do a change like that mid-season. But does this maybe open the door for us getting something that breaks limited and rare, so that we could get cross scarcity divisions for those two mm-hmm. working a bit better? Because they actually, you know, if you take the point on the blog, which is we want to help people understand card scarcity better as they move through the game. Well, they play with white cards that have no scarcity bonus, then yellows and rares that have none of that. And it should, and some of them, you play them in kickoff divisions, you play them in 220 modes as well, where they cross over anyway. So it should be those cards that have something given to them to mm. ease that problem that they mentioned in the blog. But like I say, I think that's maybe something that the door's been kicked open for now in the summer. I also think like if you did, if they could make crossover competitions like a limited plus, it limited yep. all-star plus it leads to people buying their first rare cards do you know what i mean and like stepping mm-hmm. up past just the 220 where you use the limited goalkeeper and four rares or whatever um or kickoffs i think like a main reason i think a lot of people buy super rares is to go for all-star rare plus champion europe rare plus you know what the plus element is actually a huge draw so having that difference between rare and limited i think would be quite valuable and i also think it makes sense going like common zero well limited zero if you want but even like rare should probably the problem becomes like if you go well let's make rare five or let's make rare ten it's like okay well then what you've done is you've changed the power of a super rare and all-star rare plus versus a rare do you know what i mean see it is huge like game changing but i do think i just think it's a bit nonsensical to be going like zero 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 twenty forty i feel like it should be like 0, 10, 20, 30, 40, or 0, 10, 25, 40, 6. I don't know. You know, like, inc- you, you want the difference between them to be big enough, but like, yep. I do think there should be a difference between limiteds and rares. But anyway, um, right, let's move on. With a million different questions, let's move on from that communication next steps malarkey and get into anything that's actually juicy. DMPs and subs in the reward pools. Drama. And this I is got- the drama llama. I got bitten by this as well in my reward opening. I opened a reward, a tier two rare, um, and I won. And I, I, I was, as I say, I was away, so I wasn't exactly like too privy or following all this, but I kind of heard rumblings of it and seen people tweeting and whatever. And I won like just DMPs everywhere, like four DMPs in a row, which is fine. They're just incredibly illiquid and not exactly useful. So the biggest one was a tier two rare, and I got Alessio Cragno, who hasn't been sold in rare since mid October. That was for two hundred quid, uh, which is fine. But it's like I have no idea what his value is, how liquid he is, and I can't use him. Um, I got a Zanoli, who hasn't really been playing. I got an Akin Bonnie, and I got a Diakite. Basically, DMPs across the board. Um. So yeah, I'm pretty chill. Problem is, but I can see why people are getting I, I pissed th- off. Yeah, I think the problem is getting those cards in the tiers that you're finding them in. Like, 
it feels like the reward pool has been a DNP special weekly for everyone. Like mm. I got a, I think I got a tier three super, and it was a DNP guy. I didn't really click that there was the whole DNP cycle either because the guy was a rookie, and I, and the one off went for quite a bit. And I thought, oh well, I can see how that's ended up in the tier three pool. I, that kind of makes a bit more sense. But like your examples there and a lot of other examples, I've seen like these guys should not. Someone got a Scott Bain, and if anyone doesn't know, Scott Bain is like maybe number three goalkeeper at Celtic, maybe number two on a good week. Someone got Scott Bain as a tier three reward. Now, just to remind everyone, there's star tier, tier one and tier two, which are normally like good guys that play all the time. And then tier three is normally guys that play, but maybe they're not that good. And then tier four and five is meant to be subs and DNPs and guys that are not that great at football. That's meant to be the way it's structured. So if getting like your Cragno in tier two, getting a Scott Bain in at tier three, like it's just not, it's just not uh, square. I don't think it's just mm. not what it's meant to be. Do you know another thing with the rewards recently, which isn't the problem at hand, right? But it's just a, a selfish observation. I've been winning a lot of tier ones and twos and whatever recently. I've been, I've been doing pretty well and I, and don't get me wrong. Goalkeepers can be quite liquid. And I've I've liquidated all these and it's great. But I've won like a Falcone, two Caros, um, a Falcone. Who did I win? Let me see. Go into my gallery. A Falcone, two Caros, two. Uh, I got that Cragno. Um, what do you call your guy? He buys it. Buys it. Yeah. Bel- got two of him. I just keep goalkeeper galore. I just keep winning Falcons and Caros and Biasets and you're talking six or seven goalkeepers from my tier ones and twos over the last, I don't know, month or two, two months. But it's just like, like I'm selling them and getting cash so I'm happy, don't get me wrong. It's just an observation. I'm, I'm hoping like when I open rewards, I want to like get in, I've got a Camavinga. Now maybe he's too aiming too high, but you get the point. It's just like, I want the players, I want to win a... A card that I'm like, class, I can use that. Or unreal, a John Stones. Or unreal, a whatever. Maybe Stones is too high as well. But you get the point. I want players that excite me to use. But because they're players that I'm not going to use, I'm just flogging them. But then I know other people will be crying out for goalkeepers. I don't know. Maybe, just, it is the price of the cards. And I understand why they're there. And if they were too low, it wouldn't make sense. The game's the game. Goalkeepers are a bottleneck and goalkeepers cost a lot. It just kind of pisses me off. I want to be winning ballers who I'm like, oh yes, Eberechieze, class, I've wanted him. Or, you know, I don't know. Totally. But I think Soraya acknowledge it themselves when we look at those reward boxes. Like, they don't pay out anything below Tier 3 because clearly below Tier 3 is not something mm. to be that excited about. It's like, oh, it's like, thanks for coming, prize, or close but not not uh, not quite there. So, again, like, getting DN... Like, if you're finishing... See, for some of these rewards as well that are coming out in Rare and Super Rare, you're getting into a really good position on the leaderboard. You're putting a really high score on the board as well to get in there. And... Uh, I say some of these guys just shouldn't be in star tier one, tier two, tier three. Like I was quite fortunate earlier this season when I had a nice wee bit of form going. I won a Taki Kubo and a Christian Romero, three uh, D in season cards. You know I've still got them. Mm. I didn't sell those ones, and they've been like what you're talking about. They've been tons of fun to use. They've really helped me, and it's like oh thank God I won that guy last week because I've now got a defender. Romero's been suspended a few times, but Kubo maybe midweek forward, da da da, whatever. So. Those rewards, they make the difference. They would, they would make the game fun. So when you get those extra, that we recruit, like, oh, I actually was looking at that guy, but he was a bit expensive or, mm. you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, goalkeepers don't always um, get get that part of your club going. I, You know, I say that, but again, there's other people out there who are like, that enables a whole other lineup. 
and they'll be buzzing with the goalkeeper. Do you know what I mean? Because like I'm just like I have all the goalkeepers I need. I have the goalkeepers I need. I, I don't need more goalkeepers unless there's injuries and you know Courtois happened, which is a bit of a kick in the balls. And Allison was injured for a couple yeah. of weeks there, and you're sat looking for other guys. But I mean, it's a very lucky position to be. In. We've been playing this game for three years, twenty three and a half years. I don't really need more goalkeepers. So when I'm getting more goalkeepers, I'm like. I'm un- ungrateful, or I'm like, oh, I wish I'd won an outfielder who's exciting. Whereas I know there's people out there who are like, they probably have the cheaper cards, like the midfielders and the forwards and the defenders, but they haven't went out and splashed out in the goalkeeper. So they get the goalkeeper and they're like, I can enter challenger now as well as all star, or, you know, I can also enter under 23 now. This is class. So yeah, maybe it's just a bit of a, a privileged position. Anyway, Quinny, I put out saying you're coming to the podcast and people shot themselves and ask lots of questions. We'll be we trying to answer a few. <laughs> before we do shout out to so rare data thank you so rare data sponsor this podcast um use code john ellis or the link below to get 72 hours free and give it all a crack um yeah i just couldn't recommend anything else for building lineups scouting checking values trading whatever you gotta do i love the concept builder if you're thinking of building a team so rare data link below thank you right quinny i don't even know where to begin here let's see what's the most like question Used to do that a bit more. God knows what it'll be. It's from that foodie guy, foodie die. Laird's recent video discussing what does Sorer actually want to be was an excellent listen. What do you guys think Sorer actually wants to be? Should Sorer have said a premium product for the few or a game for the masses with little to no ROI? At the minute, I feel it's neither. So I listened to Laird's uh, off-topic, I think that was, uh, earlier this week. And I agree, it was a, it was a great listen. I recommend anyone check it out. Also on the Soria Data YouTube channel, uh, John. So there you go. There you go. Uh, and with the pluck, good good synergy there with the, the question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I, think it's a, I think it's kind of both because part of what's... So the limited... Uh, so the main conversation Laird was having, John, just to kind of get you up to speed a little bit as well, is, you know, Soria... It was a very expensive game where teams were very expensive, cards were very expensive, but ultimately what you then won was something pretty damn expensive as well. Mm. And so they have kind of driven uh, with limiteds to be your know, mass market, more affordable, cheaper kind of thing. Um, and then the whole conversation Laird kind of has with himself in the live chat is, you know, what what is Surya? Are we wrong? Are they right? What do they think? What do we think? What do we actually think? And he was just kind of exercising through all that. But... As I say, for me, I think I've been consistent since Limited's come out. The Limited's, for the largest part, are going to be relatively disposable items in the game. You know, like, these are things that when you buy your Limited's, like, they're not really something outside of the exceptions in the market. They're not really things that you should be picking up thinking that, you know, a £50 card is going to be a £500 card. You know, that kind of thing is kind of gone for Limited's and never really was probably the intended purpose. What you're getting to get now is maybe the guys that are 14 pound and they become 100 or something mm. like that. It's a bit more kind of like reasonable in the life that these cards live because, again, I think we've been pretty, you know, it was brought in to make sure it was affordable for anyone that could join the game. Anyone could buy a goalkeeper and field a team. That was the kind of need and necessity that these things always have had to this point. So I think that it can be both. It can be mass market with limited things like rivals and commons if they really nail that little concoction. But it's like, I say, I like FIFA, I like poker as examples, but there's all sorts of levels to those games. Like, you can jump on pokerstars.com and play just like mm-hmm. anyone else does for money, you know, and you might be bad at it and you might get kicked off, or you can 
spend even more time on it. You can spend more money and play on bigger tables or like FIFA, you can just spend more money and or do stuff and, and that kind of thing. So I think like the scarcity of the cards allows them to kind of live all these lives. But it's kind of the problem they're having is trying to have their cake and eat it in all these different directions almost, I think. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know the answer. I mean, they, they definitely did used to be significantly more premium, but the internet and NFTs were significantly more premium and a status thing and the amount of money flooding in to crypto and everything back in, like, what, 21 or even start of 22? I don't know, when did the whole crash and stuff start happening? But, like, NFTs and whatever else, things were just going for stupid money. It was a different time. Like, I look back, it was I think it was the start of 2022 that I talk about this every week, it seems now, because it just seems like a different world. But that transaction, one night where I spunked 18 grand on a Trent of Donnarumma and a Palacio Super Rare, that's obscene to think about. And it shows even with me personally, like 18 grand is a lot of money to me. Like it is a lot of money to me. It isn't like I just have hundreds of thousands sitting about and spot. It was, everyone was so deluded because everyone had made so much money and it was all like paper wins and paper, you know, it was all like fake money. You know, it was ETH. It was like, oh, four ETH, who cares? Yeah, whatever. It was all just like Monopoly money. It was a different time. The cards now... I do think they're very, very much pushing to be mass, mass market product. And that they, it's very hard to be both and have the image of both. But they are, they are obvi obviously unique cards are unique and they want that set into the market thriving. But you need to reward those people. It kind of trickles down. I'm talking out of my arse here, by the way, Quinny, so feel free to butt in. But if you have unique cards and you reward the unique cards with cash, whatever, which is great, and super rares... And then you reward the super rares. Their values derived by the rares that they win. And then the rares, to be fair, the rares generally win rares. And super rares do typically win super rares. So maybe I'm just talking shape. My point is, it's like it's like a trickle down. If, the, if all the bottom feeders and fish at the bottom are playing for cards that are worth pennies, how do they accumulate or what incentivizes them to deposit to push up the rare to push the rare prices up to incentivize them to push up the super rare to push the super rare price up? I, think I don't rare even is kind of getting to that point now where rare pricing is kind because again a big the main problem like me and you who played this game a lot longer but the problem most people have had who will be listening to this podcast at some point is that <clears throat> supply is kind of ever increased but it's mainly availability it's ever increased so a lot of people start like hoodwink in the K League because it's good value and there's not that many other options out there these guys score it as good as anyone else so. But when you're coming onto the platform and that's the option to play the game, but then the K-League team is like a grand and you don't know any of them. You're not going to watch Korean football. You want to work your way into a Bayern Munich team or something. That's not as appealing. But what is appealing is, or what could be appealing, or what I think Soraya believe is appealing, I would agree, is picking up a limit, like support your club, like get your limited club in. You know, you support Celtic, you support Liverpool, Ajax, whatever. You play with them, you figure out the game. And rares now, you can get good rares for like 50 quid, 80 quid. Like good players that are just not that sexy. Not that L15 hot either. Mm. And maybe they've been on the platform for a few seasons and they have like 300 rares now or something or 280. Um, and that, again, was never really possible before because we'd only had one season of Holland, two seasons of Belgium, half a season of Spain, no Premier League, half a season of Bundesliga. But now that we're kind of further down the path, Rare pricing is like, it's not cheap, but like, if you wanted to take this game halfway seriously, you could buy five rares. And if they went down in value of 40%, like, it's not the same as it would have been in the pricing examples that, you know, you were talking about, for example, mm. earlier on, you know. Um, 
So I think like it's not necessarily about what the limiteds win. The limiteds is like the fun and maybe the rivals kind of connection thing comes into it as well. The threshold there is fantastic as well. But I think limiteds are to learn the game, play the game with low stakes, low pressure, and all the rest of it. And if you and then if you want to play it more, moving from rare to limit limited to rare isn't really that much of a step, depending on how well you know the game and your time span or your objective on timeline. Mm-hmm. I think, like, to answer that foodie guy's question, because I've went off and rambled, and I think, like, I'm a, even me and you were both kind of answering, like, about why prices are low and whatever else. I think, ultimately, what do you guys think SoRare wants to be? I think SoRare wants to be mass market monetized, like, FPL vibes, almost 10 million players with microtransactions. That's, that's what I think SoRare want to be. I don't think they... I think they know they need the wheels financially at the minute, but I think they would rather be less reliant on ten people or five people and be and have a million, five million people who are all making much smaller transactions, making up the same amount of money on the five percent secondary fees and on. Do you know what I mean? I think that's what Sower want mm-hmm. to be. Everything they do seems to transition that way. I just think maybe they're finding it harder than we expected to scale. Yeah. Um, I think they definitely want to be the, the big football company that everyone knows and taps yeah. into to enjoy, enjoy football over the weekend somehow. Paul Moorcroft, would you deposit money at the moment to take advantage of brutally low prices or is it time to be careful? It's kind of somewhere in the middle. So I've been kind of doing similar moves with that frame of mind over the last couple of weeks and I will continue to do so over the next couple of weeks if I can at all. Unfortunately for me, Christmas with two kids and... um you know, like, don't have a proper job anymore, as you know, it's, it's a wee bit different this side of life to, mm. to clocking in and clocking out or whatever. Uh, so I've not got a big fat wallet to run around the market with, so I need to be very prudent at the best of times anyway. Uh, so, because I'm being prudent, like, I wouldn't be, to answer the question, I wouldn't be going head over heels into the market and running and just grabbing everything that looks kind of halfway okay. But I do feel every time prices turn down in any in any field of so rare, America, rare, super rare, under 23, old guys, whatever, I'll always pick up something that looks appealing because there's always one or two things that are like, oh, wow, look at the price of him now. Uh, for example, earlier this week, I finally brought in uh, Christopher Nkunku. I managed to do a really nice trade for him, which was very pleasing for me with Pavel, but uh, he's just come back from injury. Very, very good timing on all that. So off the back of that, you know, so like I'll, I'll go... <laughs> I would definitely say if there's something you've been eyeing up, might be a profile of a player, like scarcity position, might be an exact person, but something that you're very familiar with, dipping and looking appealing to you, as long as you look at the price and you think, wow, that's cheap, then those ones I'll, I'll buy in these times regardless. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like it's kind of like trying both. You know, don't buy too much, but if you see something mad, do it. I think this is like almost like a dangerous question to answer in a sense, where it's like, I can tell you what I'll do. Like, I can tell you what I'm doing or what I do, but my position's very different than a lot of people. And everyone's position's very unique. And this is like that kind of like run of the mill, playing the game, sitting the fence answer. But I'll try and like give something. Like, for me, and I've been vocal about this for a while now, I feel like I've been so heavily exposed to So Rare for so many years. That I'm just enjoying the vibes in the gallery now, playing some fancy football and yielding. And that's kind of what I'm up to. And if I win a card I really like, I'll keep it. And if I win cards I don't really need or care about, like the Biazits and the Caros, I'll sell them. Um, am I going balls deep into the market at the minute? 
no. But I just don't think my gallery needs anything, and I think the next step for me is very, very far. It's it's like a couple of really premium super rares is probably what my gallery needs. But that's not like a couple of hundred quid. That's significant cash, like really significant cash to me. So it's like if there was something my gallery needed, would I buy it now? Yeah. If there was something my gallery needed at a few hundred quid or whatever, would I go and pick it up? If I was really struggling for a goalkeeper, if I had a goalkeeper and really needed a certain player to complete a stack, or if I really needed this, would I be thinking about it? Yeah. Yeah, I would. But like where I'm at at the minute, I'm not like going like, oh, this is the bottom buy. I don't know what the bottom is. I don't know where it's coming. January's coming. People are always skinting January. You know, Christmas is a time people will be you know, spunking all their money on other things. Um, but that said, there is the off chance that Rivals... Now, do I think Rivals is going to bring a load of super rare and rare wheels in? No, but does Rivals work? It Does their marketing... Does it have a massive push and get a lot of people on board? Is it a couple of clicks to play Rivals? And does it actually get thousands of new people on the game or people just to try it out and enjoy the fantasy football aspect and over time transition and will this turn out to be a bottom of sorts i have no idea crypto's in a bit of a run will that keep going will that bring money and interest back to the nft market i don't know i have no idea quinny and like i have no idea listener i'm not telling you it's going to happen i'm not speculating it is i'm just saying i don't fucking know so it's like i think it depends on what you believe is going to happen what you're into and do you believe this is time to be careful or whether this is time to get involved and that's just like someone's going to be right what do you think i don't know yeah do you know it's just like i think it's a hard question because i don't know the fucking answer i don't know if it's time to be careful or if this is the bottom and take advantage i don't know no one knows it could be either what am i doing yeah sitting enjoying the game as i always have um and we'll see what happens i'm not pulling out money drastically i'm not investing money aggressively that's where i'm at but Make your own decision. Um, right, let's see. Another question. I'm just going to pick one. So we're trading. Coach, forecast 2024. What was that? Forecast 2024. And that's from So Rare Trading Coach. Ooh. Uh, forecast 2024. Oh, yeah, I see it there. Mm. Wow, that's actually quite hard. Because it's mm. kind of like... We've... You know, like like we've been doing on you know whenever I've been on this podcast before uh, we've done live streams and stuff, but the Premier League's here. Like they do have a couple of other sports anyway that aren't really, <laughs> you know, the the you know the top of priority for probably most people listening to this. So it's like, what do they actually try and achieve in twenty twenty four? I think the implementation of rivals, the Android beta app is finally like it's an open beta now. I think so we can get Android apps finally. So. Yeah, I don't know. If I was to forecast 2024, I think they'll end the current European season probably relatively strongly from where we are at the moment. And then I think probably whatever their plans are around the Euros and then the next season are probably going to be quite similar to maybe what we've had with the Global Cup and the new season. I don't know. I think we're always a wee bit... Uh, like this season and last season, it feels like we get things from Soria incrementally. And it's always that situation of, oh, I can't, for me anyway, I'm always kind of thinking, I can't wait till we go into a season and you know everything. Like, no, there's no surprises, there's no news, really. There's no development, there's no roadmaps. Like, there's going to be all these game weeks throughout the season, there's going to be all these tickets, all this money, all these cards, and we just go into the season ready to run. Because I think you need a year or two of that to hit, like, the 10 million user base, if you know what I mean. 
like the mega like established numbers you need consistency for a period of time where people don't wake up in the morning and look at their app and ethereum mm. prices are running around and because of because of that your limiteds are up or down and you can't sell one now or you've had an offer you accepted last night you wish you never did or you know all the rest of it you need uh some sort of bearing of consistency you know and the market's now moved more into cash and I, that's probably comes in this forecast probably continues in that vein to be quite a hash a cash heavy market i i think yeah well, obviously rivals big promo see what happens there is obviously around the corner um outside that i think they'll lean more into like special edition cards just because we've seen that happening a lot recently in celebrations and whatever so i think that'll be such just a theme of 2024 i think leaning into cash prizes and non-card rewards be that tickets merch be that reward boxes which will have cards in them but not every single is a every single reward will be a guaranteed card i just think like leaning into the cash element as you've mentioned there the euros will obviously be a big thing i mean i don't know whether they'll license it or not you know the global cup wasn't the world cup it was the global cup they didn't have all the cards and images and whatever else so god knows with the euros i imagine a license like that costs a lot of money um to be like an official euros fantasy game so i don't think they'll go and do that but i think they'll have like interest in competitions for us i hope they can have some sort of grand prize like the zidane five aside you know for the euros i don't know you know griezmann's obviously in and around the scene he's a kind of euro big player i don't know it's just something i'd love to see yeah. but i mean you know active footballer maybe it's completely different but like you know bringing someone who's a huge footballer in europe and having a really unique one-of-one one experience would be a fun grand prize again i think it worked well for the global cup i think it was a really good headline um but i'd say that yeah fuck knows <laughs> don't know um right let's see any others you see the problem is you have to read through them also i'm kind of basing off likes here um let's go for this one the odds merchant lots of discussion about reward tiers for super and unique lately which scarcity cards do you think represent the true value of a card more closely limited or rare mm. what does that mean so like people kind of struggle to value super rares and uniques in the main and a lot of people like to use multipliers particularly when people are winning rewards so like if the rares were 50 quid yeah times it by six that's what the super rare should be worth or times it by 12 or right, eight. Yeah. Or, you know so what he's asking is what should we be using to kind of gauge the cards like baseline should we use the limited price or should we use the rare um i think the rares like your cragno is a great example of why you can't definitely say rares because some of them just don't move for ages like if that guy's yeah. a dnp backup keeper like he's not going to get a tra he's not going to get a secondary market transaction and so they probably aren't going to auction them either so rares are it probably needs it probably needs to be limited but the problem with limited is that they can be uh you know, very can, volatile yeah they could just drop off the face of the earth like you know from 10 pound to 10p depending on what happens and who they are what league they're in mm. so i do worry about limited um i think the best thing to do but see with the actual reward issues for super rare and unique is i think explicitly they should be done manually like there's just no two ways about it like to do it because there's only five rewards that will come out for each super rare the uniques obviously they probably do pick them and say this guy's a reward and this guy won't be to some extent but with the five super rares are going to issue like they'll know who's on cooldown and they'll know who's on you know the kind of pattern to be issued so they should definitely just have somebody in reviewing the list of who's going to go out and double checking that it's square for i don't think for super rare and unique that's that hard 
Um, and if you find anything crucial in it, like, oh, this guy tore his ACL, then you can do something to action that down the food chain to make sure it doesn't get spit out in rare and limited tier ones or whatever he is, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's what I think the real solution is. Probably not what Sora I want to hear, but manual. Let me see. Is the crypto bull run good or bad for Sorare from Ian H? I thought have? it was bad last time. I've always been of the opinion Sorare is in its best place when Ethereum is between a grand and 1500 and I mean, maybe up to two grand for sterling pounds for one Ethereum coin. I've, you can go and check out my channel anyone that's listening to this. I've kind of maintained this all the way, even all the way through the bull run, when it went all mm. the way up to the top. I didn't really enjoy it. I had big ETH balances. I get my gallery got worth a lot more money and stuff like that. But I really feel the market got really squirrely around that time. And like you say, you've picked up some cards probably around that time as well on Ethereum pricing. Mm. And when you look back at it now, like I said, the whole thing was just a wee bit kind of squirrely, uh, I think, in that sense. So I do generally think it's not good for the market, particularly for rares and above, because more people will value an ETH. And if you're depositing pounds, you're going to get less ETH for your pound or dollars or euros or whatever. You'll get less Ethereum for your uh, for your fiat. And that can make things a bit harder. It's great for anyone that's got a wallet. It's, get, it's great for anyone that's been saving up thresholds. It's great to maybe motivate people to save their thresholds in future or whatever. I don't know. Um, but generally, I don't like mad bull runs. I, I like ETH. So I think, I just think about um, this, just my mentality towards it. Like if I come onto this game, when I first came onto Soraya, ETH was like £150 or £180 for a coin. And I found that dead easy to get my head around when I was looking at the market because it was all displayed in Ethereum. Like half an ETH, I could work that out roughly. You know, oh, that's about 80 quid for him. He's about 90 quid and and do that kind of way. And I always think when ETH is at a funny number, it just anyone coming in new doesn't really pay attention to... The, I don't know if everything's changed in terms of how it's displayed and stuff now. But I do just think it makes it harder to get your head around, especially if you're not a crypto person or you don't want to spend any time looking at it. But if you could just look at it and go, oh, Ethereum, it's a thousand pound a coin. All right, well, that's easy to then work out later and do some maths with or, or whatever. So that's just my personal mm. POV. Um, I'm going to keep this moving. Hoodwink, when next studio meetup? You had a wee studio meetup, did you? I try and have them all the time, John. They don't, unfortunately, happen as regular as I want. But I had Hoodwink in the studio. We watched... Oh, what did we watch? We had Hoodwink. Was McBride here as well? I think I had Hoodwink and someone else in one night. And Hoodwink came all the way down. It was a midweek game. I had a great night, by the way. It was great meeting them. And I am... Um, the, the offer's always extended to yourself, obviously. Yeah, the door's of course, always if open. I'm over, yeah. I've only ever been in Glasgow once and it was in and out, but yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Anyone listening from know, Glasgow, hit up Quinny. That's it. Um, so yeah, I, I'm always kind of looking to do it. Um but I'm quite bad before organising this stuff, if you know what I mean, sometimes. So I'm kind of moaning about Sorare being last minute with ticket giveaways. Like, I'm kind of last minute sometimes with some of the stuff I'm trying to do. <laughs> so um, when next time, just as soon as we can get something organised. Um, and who do yeah. wants to know what your favourite game week of the year was? Real life experience, reward one, scouting pen off, all the above. Merry Christmas, lads. Merry Christmas, Hoodwink. I'll tell you, honestly, like the one that stands out in my head most, and maybe it is just because you're sat right in front of me, but I thought it was absolutely insane when we went to two games in Spain. Um, in terms of a game week, not just from like the experience of going away and having the crack, it, the social aspect through So Rare was very prevalent there, but also the fact that we're me and you sat first and second at one stage in a special weekly with 11,000 people and we're sat beside each other in a car. Yeah. That was insane. Like in terms of like, 
what are the chances? Like, we ended up both finishing, I think, top 10. Did you get, like, a super rare Jimenez? I got a Jimenez, yeah. Or, and yeah, I, yeah, I got Jimenez. I did I get? I got someone I was raging about. You got Grisha Prommel. Grisha Prommel, yeah. Well done. Yeah, that was it. Um, But we were both sat out of 11,000 people in the Game Week 200 Special Weekly, wasn't it? Yeah. I was sat um first or second. and I was sat first, wasn't it, for a while? And you were sat second? Might have been the other yeah. way for a bit too. Ended up with finished probably fourth and fifth or something. But like, it was just after go. We were after going to like Elche Barcelona or something. And on the yeah. way home in the car, I remember pulling into a petrol station, and look like we finally get internet to look, and we were like first and second, and it was like, what the fuck? What are the chances? So I remember that just being insane. That's definitely my favorite game week like ever, uh, for sure, because it was just like the whole going on an adventure. We all had cards in the games as well. We had Barca cards, we had Valencia cards over the weekend. Yeah. You know, it was it was good crack. It was a nice villa, nice enough villa we were in. That was a wee bit weird yeah, it was situation, lovely. but we won't go into that. But <laughs> it, was, it was nice <laughs> enough, you know. <laughs> it was lovely. But that, that was 2022, um, wasn't it? Yeah. So 2023. How time flies, John. Yeah. How time flies. So that was my favourite one I've had, but in 2023, I don't know, maybe the one where I, I had a week where, like, did I win two divisions or I came first and one and second and one a couple of weeks ago? Winning is obviously a highlight. So, yeah. At that midweek where I won the... Who did I win in the end? Haaland and... Was it Chavi Simons or something in the same week? Or Haaland and Kamavinga? Haaland and someone in the same Chavi week. Chavi Simons definitely rings a bell. Chavi Simons definitely I think I won him, though, the week before. I went in a wee heater and I won Chavi Simons, Kamavinga, Haaland and someone else. I can't remember them for the life of me. Santiago Jimenez. I won with Haaland. But I won them both in the same week, midweek, when I was in Miami, which was crazy. Um, so that was probably ju- just in terms of sheer winning. That was like mad. And uh, the real life experience, I'll, I'll thank you again, John, because I can't believe I've not been on the podcast since, but I was graciously invited by yourself to the Man City treble bus parade through Manchester, yeah, which mental. it's like people say once in a lifetime experience, but like the legit one in a lifetime experience, like on the bus, pissing the rain, getting steaming. I don't even drink beer. I hate beer. But I was just holding my nose and Yeah, it was a Sahi's <laughs> it was a Sahi's bus, so you had to drink Japanese yeah. beer. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And get on with it. But that was honestly like unforgettable for me from start to finish. I loved every minute of it and like beyond football. And again you're involved in that as well, mate. So like a good like yeah, you know, the, the friends you meet through this game and, yeah. and everything as well. I seen someone ask one of those questions in the thread as well, like why did I play so rare? And I kind of play so rare just to like have fun, really, you know. Like mm. it's kind of like it's the friendship part of all this. It's the community part of it all that. And that might sound a bit cheesy, but me and you were kind of messing about in this kind of vein before so rare, if that makes sense. So like, yeah, it's just kind of like the next stage of, well, for me anyway, that same kind of just having fun watching football with people that take it as seriously as I do. If you know what I mean, like we'll watch. <laughs> six Bundesliga games in a weekend or tune into some stuff on a Friday morning or and do yeah. all this good stuff and talk about, oh, did you see the transfer rumours for Girona uh, last night? Or did you see that, <laughs> you know, or, you know, all this kind of caper, that's what I'm all about. So wherever that's happening, that's probably where I'm going to end up, which is now here. <laughs> yeah. No, I think back to that, like that Man City bus. It, like, I think at the time, I don't, I wouldn't say it was lost to me and it was crazy, but when I think back now, 
particularly now that I'm trying to do more like crazy long form experiences. And for anyone listening, I think like a big thing on my YouTube for 2024, what we want to do is like that kind of like, like the time we knocked the guy's door at Anfield and brought him to play. That's our best video. Bring in my cousin Mark, you were there to watch Celtic. We want to make like real fans' dreams come true and like, but like things that are just unattainable usually, like playing at Anfield, like the Man City tour bus. And I look back at that and I go like, how did we not make a video out of that? I don't know. But it was truly was once in a lifetime the, the rain pay, i was kind of switched off end of the season need a bit of a break you know burned out and just was like right we'll not bother but we'll go and have a ball but like pushing down four buses we were on one of them through hundreds of thousands of people in manchester you know meters as their bus drove by to take over us because we were at the back of the players the bus in front of us was like the players families and stuff um, asahi whenever they made their deal with man city uh, for their training kits or whatever somehow got in the contract that if they do win the treble they want to be one of the bosses madness madness but um yeah crazy crazy thing that that's proper once in a lifetime um Boys. right there's good news up are there any questions you really want to talk about if not i'll just pick another random one and we'll wrap up uh A good podcast host would definitely like vet all the questions before hitting record and then ask those questions. But I like to just ad hoc it and go a bit crazy, Connie. You people I'm, just I'm never know. It. Um I mean there's a few here, like why do you play so rare from Jordan? We've kind of talked about that, to be honest. We just kinda of answered that there now. Um more about card prices. Lots about is it a good point to invest or too risky? Literally the same question there from Concatanos. Um, would yeah. people moan less if they spent more time on the game if they spent less time on the game I don't know um, do you both think your 2023 was a success and any plans for 24 um, 2023 for me I think was a success um, so rare perspective was it a success from so rare's perspective do you know being absolutely brutally honest I think with how we came into the year with the Premier League being launched and where it is now, would Sora be happy? I don't know if they would be. I'm not too sure. No, we were kind of talking about that maybe at take one or before we started recording, you know. But I definitely felt coming into this season a lot of expectation and a lot of hype um, personally. Like, oh, Premier League start of the season, his license came on in January or something. Um, and yeah, I do feel that there's been a wee bit of an anti anticlimax, a wee bit of a non event in some regard to maybe what our expectations were 11 months ago versus the reality of sitting here, mm. you know, a year on, in essence, um, from having the Premier League on now and rolling out the way things are. So I'm not too sure they will be happy, no. I think um, I think they are, like, on the front foot trying to make up for lost time. Yeah, I, I think, like, if we're looking at it bluntly in terms of a year... I don't think it's been a car crash. I don't think it's the end of the world, to be honest with you. But I think it was just with how high the expectations were post-Global Cup, post-Prem launch come January, February, if you look at 2023 as a whole. And I think, like, in terms of recent decisions, in terms of, like, blogs and, like, you know, very blunt conversation from, like, Nicholas, the, the landscape in terms of NFTs and crypto, I think it something I maybe don't get enough credit for, if we're, again, being honest and just talking about it, is, like, how well Sorer has stood the test of like crypto and nfts when everything else has crashed and burned like there was a real chance they could just crash and burn like every other project but they haven't and that's because of how good the project is and how much people love it like how good the game is you know there's a lot of positives there you know whenever you think about like 
the fact that they still exist, the fact that it hasn't completely crashed and burned is actually really, really positive. But I think like in terms of like Nicholas recently, a couple of months ago, was very honest, put out a very honest statement, blah, 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 and basically said, I'm getting back on the ground. Like I'm getting in back in the trenches and doing this and that. You know, he wouldn't be doing that if he thought everything was absolutely hunky-dory and perfect. Do you know what I mean? So I do think like if they, at the start of the year, I don't think they'll have met their projections or goals is what I'll say. But equally, I don't think that means it's crash and burn and you know the what is it the the meme with the run out of the burning house or spongebob is it i don't i don't think it's quite yeah. there but um to answer the question i don't think they'll be absolutely buzzing uh so rare israel is quinny happy with the sane seal um, don't know if you heard this but you i, I bought that sane off you for the highest price of sane has ever been bought that's why I'm probably not happy with it because every time it comes up, that's what I hear. And then it normally is followed by you, John, saying, Quinny done me, or Quinny did this. Quinny done me, yeah. We've yeah, yeah. a banter, and it's always like, I always hear it, and I'm like, John knows that annoys me because I didn't, I didn't, I actually helped you when I did that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Quinny diddled but me, he's a scumbag. <laughs> he hates it. He hates I actually it. reached out to you, I think, as well in the summer, saying I might be, I might get a Sani and we'll trade back. Then, yeah. then he's, he's had good form, and I never, never quite got back to, back into Sani yet. So I gave but, you um, five thousand four hundred and thirty-four euros on the eighteenth of February last year. I did withdraw that. I mm. remember selling the Sani. That was a straight withdrawal for me. By that June, I think he'd I bought lost somebody four grand in value, but he's in fire now. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's definitely on it now. I'm trying to think. I bought somebody. So normally what I do when those kind of moves happen, if I sell somebody for a lot of money, is I'll buy somebody that's really cheap that's kind of like them and then withdraw mm. maybe a bit of the difference. I can't remember who... Are you going to tell me you I bought? Can't... Oh, do you... Mm, I think I probably bought a, a Celtic card. I think I probably bought something like a Dyson Maeda Super Rare or something like that. Mm. And then... No, actually, I think I did. I think uh, I, I think Dyson Maeda was about... I don't think I did withdraw that, mate. I think I did. Maeda is the one that's in my mind. Do you know he uh, was so I the... I, I, I recorded a script yesterday. Maeda was the third fastest player of the Champions League group stages. He clocked in at like 35.6 kilometres an hour or something, just behind Mbappe and Adeyemi, which I thought I was kind of bad. Maeda came up. Um, the... He's lightning, but yeah, Sane and like the fact I bought Kane and Kimmich by selling my uniques and putting a wee bit more money at the start of the season, but then and then I didn't even bank on Sane becoming what he is and I want a Coleman, so now I just have like every game week I'm running like Kimmich, Kane, and Sane or Kimmich, Kane, and Coleman, whoever's projected to start, but normally Kane and Sane and Kimmich, and then like a defensive stack of PSG or Liverpool. Um, I had a heartbreaker last week, and then we'll wrap the podcast up. It was on my reward opening stream, but not everyone will have seen that. So basically, last week I had a score. Quinny, you ready for this? I had a score yep. of 377 points with a DMP. And the DMP was Kimmich. <laughs> like, uh, and he took ill before the game. It's not even like it was known. Killed me. It was an absolute killer. Hate that. but um, And it was, you know, a nice wee, like, 3-0 victory too. You know, Kimmich could have done all right there, but... Anyway, I've been sort of this season. Yeah, but a few, a few ones, a few unexpected results. But Quinny, you're at Quinny three thousand and one anywhere. Um, happy Christmas yep. to you. Happy Christmas to everyone. Is there anything else you want to plug or talk about? Um, I'll tell you this one thing. Do you know that on Instagram, it's actually 
at Quinny3001 with an underscore at the end. There was oh. already another Quinny3001 on Instagram. Who? How crazy is that? I don't know. A fake Quinny3001. So we need, to, we need to sort them out somehow. We need to find them and underscore them maybe it was like an early maybe it was like an early backer of you who thought this guy's gonna get super famous and he's gonna buy this off me for thousands perhaps perhaps i had a weird one on twitter like i used to be john nellis with an underscore on twitter i think or maybe tiktok i think it was twitter and someone reached out to me and was like here john i like your content um i actually work for twitter and i can see that john nellis with no underscore has been dormant for years do you want it and then, like, my account changed to John Nellis. They, he just went and clicked a few buttons and did it. It was kind of crazy in terms of there's a wee username story. Um, but anyway, happy Christmas, everyone. Um, podcast Christmas. after Christmas at some stage. Um, and yeah, ho, ho, ho. I hope Santa's good. See you later, Quinny. Bye-bye. <laughs>